0: Hello everyone, welcome to the On The Map podcast. I'm David Beats, and today we spoke with Dean Hutchinson of National Urgent Care Realty. And Dean had a lot of interesting things to say about uh, specifically how site selection is used in locating urgent cares uh, nationwide. Uh, He also spoke about how telehealth is impacting the uh, healthcare industry. And and, uh, lastly, he also spoke about how um, mobile pop-up, uh, healthcare care clinics um, are used in certain situations. Um, so uh, we're going to hop right into the conversation with Dean Hutchinson from National Urgent Care Realty. Well, well Dean, just wanted to um, uh, just welcome you and, and thank you for being on the podcast today and, and would like to talk some about National Urgent Care Realty. And I just wondered if you could just kind of give us kind of a, an overview of, of the business model and kind of what you guys do.
1: Sure, absolutely. Thanks. Um, We are a a small boutique uh, commercial real estate company and really our specialty niche is helping uh, urgent care clients around the country with site selection. Okay. So uh, we work in all 50 states and uh, typically a lot of what we do is we'll have a group we're working with and they'll contact us and, hey, where are the best locations for opening up urgent cares in you know Dallas, Texas or Boston, Massachusetts? name right. the, uh, the market and we're often running looking for the uh, sweet spots for uh, placing urgent cares for our clients.
0: okay, okay, very cool. Um, so so kind of what goes into selecting like a really good um, good urgent care site?
1: Yeah, typically some of the things that we throw into our model is we're looking at the demographics in an area uh, you know how many people live in an area, age group, how big the families are, uh, we're looking heavily at uh, the medical alternatives in the market. you know we're looking okay. at what are the hospitals with emergency rooms, where are the other urgent cares located at? Where are the primary care doctors? Uh, some states have a, a growing population of freestanding emergency rooms. so we look at that as well. along with we also keep an eye out for where the uh, retail clinics are, and those are kind of the uh, clinics you might find in like a CBS or some pharmacies have it so, Okay. Uh, a couple of things we're, we're trying to balance is, mm-hmm. okay, how many people live in the area and what are the medical alternatives? Uh, other things we're looking at is where is the retail density and placement? Because ideally, urgent care is really retail medicine. So you kind of want to be in that retail corridor where the uh, families in the area are, are typically going to do their errands. So. Uh, that's one of the things that's so helpful to us about planned grocery is it helps us keep our finger on you know not only where are the existing grocery stores at but where are the discussions about where grocery stores are going to be Because that may be an area in the future where it makes sense to locate in urgent care
0: awesome very very cool yeah yeah we really enjoyed working with you guys um, the past couple years Um, what what Kind of what makes you guys different than, like, say, just a regular broker in the market?
1: Yeah, uh, one of the things we do is because we specialize in the urgent care industry, we're tapping into a, a lot of resources on the medical side of things okay. to keep our, our finger on the pulse of, hey, what are the medical options in an area? We're not just, you know, looking that oh, there's a three thousand square foot space available on this uh, street. Because if there's four other urgent care providers located in a half mile, you know, chances are it's going to be pretty tough sledding if you're, you know, looking to open up a new urgent care in the area. So that's one of the things that sets us apart is just the amount of research we do on on the medical industry.
0: Well, and you guys are unbiased where a broker might have kind of, you know, a listing or they might want to steer you in one way or another where you guys are kind of more you know, objective, I guess. It,
1: it, exactly. We want, we absolutely want to put yeah. you in the best location, you know, regardless of who the listing agent is. Exactly. We want to put you in the right spot.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Um, well, at, at one point you mentioned something about uh, some of these locations needing a doctor on site and um, possibly maybe kind of how telehealth, telehealth would impact that. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. With uh, Specifically with urgent cares, uh, different states have their own requirements for opening up an urgent care. Okay. And So in some states, for instance, you may need to have an MD, a, a doctor on site at all times. Right. Whereas in other states, you may be able to have a mid-level provider as your, your primary staff member, and they do consultation with an MD on, on different cases. And that may be, be a a web hookup or, or teleconference. So, uh, you know, for groups that are looking to open up in urgent care, again, one thing that's important is, okay, in different states, what are the uh, staffing models that are required within the state? And uh, gotcha. telehealth, you know, one of the things with the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, that some uh, urgent care groups are doing is they're setting up phone-based triage so if people in their area are concerned about the virus. They'll have a staff member kind of walk them through some screening questions on whether they're in a high-risk group that maybe they should come in and, and get a test done. Because uh, one of the issues, just we're on a number of different uh, alerts uh, between medical groups about issues they're facing, is they, they try to make sure that they're doing testing on, on people that are you know high risk. Based on either their travel history, or if they've been exposed to somebody who is confirmed COVID nineteen, or right. if they're dealing with uh, flu type systems, because right now there's a, a somewhat limited supply of the uh, the testing capacity, so they're trying to make sure that the tests are going to folks who are at a higher risk for actually being, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the COVID nineteen virus.
0: Do Do you think that the COVID COVID-19 virus, do you think that it'll affect any future decisions on kind of where to place urgent cares, or is it really just kind of too early to tell?
1: A little bit early to tell on that, although, I mean, one of the things typically with an urgent care is you do want to be where the uh, potential patients are. So, for instance, uh, some urgent cares out there, they are actually offering in-home testing for okay. patients who are high risk. So again, it, it's one thing if you live, if your clinic is located five minutes away from somebody, you know, that's a different decision on driving out, doing an in-home test versus whether it's an hour commute out to the person's house. So definitely from right. that regard, your proximity where to where the people are would come into play.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah i've I've heard that here in town that the the local hospitals really kind of preparing for things they've they've really taken a lot of um, patients they've really tried to move patients out of the hospital that don't absolutely have to be there so they can free up beds and that kind of stuff um, and then the VA hospital which is not too far from here apparently they've set up some outside tents and I guess maybe that's for testing or triage or something like that so So definitely, definitely people are preparing. Um, Do you see any, any kind of lessons that we've learned and and it's still pretty early, but um, you know, is there anything that, that communities and, and kind of urgent cares, I know you already mentioned the testing and the home testing, but is there anything else kind of communities and urgent cares can be doing to kind of help, you know, mitigate or, or prevent this spread or kind of deal with it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some uh, recommendations that are going out from urgent cares and probably the wider that information could be uh, disseminated to people, the better. I mean, some of them are common sense, Uh, you know, wash your hands often with soap and water, 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, If you don't have soap available, use an alcohol based sanitizer, keep your hands away from your eyes, your nose, your mouth. You know, cover your mouth and your nose. You know, if you have to cough or sneeze. So, you know, definitely, there's about seven or eight, you know, uh, suggestions and recommendations for everybody. Yep. So, to the degree that we can get that information, uh, you know, in people's hands, the uh, the likelihood it'll help, you know, keep the uh, the spread of the disease down as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, go there's ahead. Just
2: something interesting. The other day when we were talking, Dean, you mentioned that being close to a grocery store actually helped you get that information to the public so that people know that there is an urgent care close by that they can uh, come to. I never really thought about that. I wondered if you could touch on that a bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like for us in a perfect world, we would like to locate an urgent care in either a grocery anchored or a grocery shadowed development because again, when you think of urgent care as retail medicine, you wanna locate in close proximity to where people are driving by on a regular basis. So you know, if a family member is doing the regular grocery shopping or maybe if there's a Walmart nearby and they're going there once or twice a week to stock up, you know, if we've got an urgent care in close proximity with a sign uh, up so that people know that we're there, Again, when they do have something that uh, requires treatment or would be uh, best treated as as an urgent care, whether it's a a case of pink eye or maybe you've uh, injured an ankle and you're concerned that it's fractured, again, if in in the top of your mind, you know that there's an urgent care close to the Walmart, again, if you're in proximity, that's likely where you're going to go to, to get that issue checked out.
0: Do do you guys have any kind of thresholds? Like, do you look for like 20,000 people within a three mile radius or is there anything, any kind of standard demos that you, that you look for other than understanding the competition and and alternatives?
1: Yeah. Usually again, in a perfect world, we would like to have a threshold population of around 20,000 people. Now the distance for that 20,000 people can vary. Again, if you're in an urban market like New York or Chicago, it's going to be quite a bit different than if you're in a rural area. But you know, typically in a rural area. Uh, because, again, there are a lack of alternatives on health care. You know, people are willing to drive a little bit farther to get to an urgent care. So that's why even though we want 20,000 people, ideally, you know, we can kind of expand the distance in an a ur- uh, rural setting versus in an urban setting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense.
2: I'm curious, as you see the advancement of telehealth, and I, I could be wrong, but it seems like I heard somewhere where they're during this whole COVID-19 crisis, we've opened up telehealth a little bit more than I guess it was previously. Do you see that affecting urgent cares?
1: Yeah, I could see a number of urgent cares. They've already started, but going more heavily into both telehealth and web-based services, which are appropriate for some things. I mean, obviously, if you need to have a throat uh, swab done or a nasal swab or you need an x-ray done, again, that may not really promote itself with telehealth. But again, for doing initial triage and screening, right. definitely playing a, a, a big role.
2: And I assume it's a case maybe in the future, do you think, where if you were to see a specific physician at or urgent care uh, that you could actually talk to that physician over the phone. Have you or in telehealth?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where again, depending on how the provider sets it up, if you have uh, a particular staff member that's maybe been dealing with you exactly somewhere to us uh, to schedule a, a time with that provider. For uh, you know a consultation on whatever the uh, issue may be, so abs- absolutely. So you know it, it's kind of a case with technology now. You know different health providers are trying to uh, you know kind of integrate the uh, the right combination of you know some some conditions you'll need to come into the clinic to be checked out and balancing that with both. Uh, Telehealth and you know online appointments, so kind of a, a mixture of all three. Absolutely, because you know one thing uh, everybody is you know dealing with is you know time limitations between work and other things. You know people want to be seen in an efficient manner, so you know the days of really going uh, you know to your provider and waiting a couple of hours to be seen in the waiting room. You know there's definitely quite a bit less appeal for that with people. And so, especially now with some of the uh, the uh, you know younger generations, uh, again, we're looking for options where you know they can do more things online and phone where appropriate, or even there's a, a number of urgent cares where you can schedule online your appointment time at the urgent care clinic. So online, you would set up an appointment for 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, get into the uh, clinic at 11 o'clock, no wait in the waiting room, and be seen right away. So. Again, with uh, with people having time constraints, time challenges, or dealing with, again, you could see where that would have quite a bit of appeal for somebody that's dealing with a health
0: issue. Are you? So, so you guys do work nationwide. Are you seeing um, urgent care growing more in any particular parts of the country or, or any cities, or is it is it kind of just spread all all over?
1: Yeah, it, it spread all over. Initially, uh, the big growth in urgent care was in the suburban and more urban where you had the, the uh, real high population densities. Right. Uh, so there's still growth there, but, but definitely now in uh, rural areas, there's quite a bit more growth again, due to the uh, lack of providers. And also another uh, challenge that a lot of rural communities are dealing with are where maybe a hospital that's been in a rural community for a number of years has shut down just because it was no longer viable to have a hospital there. So you may have an urgent care uh, move into that area to help with you know, quite a bit of the, uh, the health care issues uh, that that rural community may be facing. So, okay. so definitely a, a shortage of rural hospitals is one of the factors contributing to the uh, urgent care growth in rural communities. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a feel, I mean, the the big players in urgent care, it's not like a a Subway or McDonald's where even the big players have, you know, 5,000 units in the United States. I was looking, we maintain an urgent care database of uh, all of the urgent care clinics in the country. And, for instance, one of the bigger urgent care providers is a group called Concentra. They have about 500 clinics across the country. Uh, Another one of the the bigger providers is a group called MedExpress. They've got about 250 clinics. So okay. again, even though that's a, a pretty good number of clinics, it, it kind of pales in comparison to the number of clinics that, like a Subway Sandwich Group or a Starbucks or a McDonald's may have nationwide.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The uh, the big uh, player right now across the country in retail clinics is uh, Minute Clinics, and so okay. uh, they may have in their CVS pharmacies. There's about a thousand Minute Clinics nationwide. Uh, the next biggest group in the, uh, retail clinic, uh, sector is, uh, Walgreens and another group called the, uh, little clinic. They both have right about 225 clinics. And again, those are typically going to be clinics you see either in a grocery store or in a pharmacy. So again, a, a pretty good amount of clinics, but again, not thousands and thousands of their clinics across the country.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, what, I'm just curious if, if you have any insight into, um, this might be kind of a bizarre question, but just with Elizabeth Holmes and, and Theranos and all the in-home, the, the testing technology that she was working on and, and that whole thing kind of collapsing. Um, I don't know if you're very familiar with that story or not, but um, she, she basically was trying to invent, you know, a, a test where like one drop of blood, you could do like hundreds of tests You know, like with a tiny drop of blood, and um, the whole company kind of just blew up. Basically, it was they were never able to develop any kind of technology where they could do that. I, I don't know. Did you guys? I just wonder if you guys ran into any any anything on that or not.
1: Well, it's not exactly that way, but somewhat similar to it. Uh, There's a number of providers out there that are experimenting with a mobile urgent care concept where they have a van or a vehicle equipped with a fair amount of uh, equipment. And so instead of the sick individual going to the clinic, they will actually kind of, you know, it's almost like harkening back to where you used to have doctors do house right. calls. Yeah. You know, so kind of everything old is, you know, new is old again, uh, okay. you know, where they'll actually come out to the house and have the equipment in a van to oh. be able to do a number of the tests. So there's a, a number of groups across the country that are experimenting with that mobile uh, urgent care concept Okay. To see, again, will there be enough traction? I think the jury's still out. But it is something that, that's being, uh, you know, actively done in, in different parts of the country.
0: Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Just like a lot of grocery stores are working with, you know, delivery. I mean, you know, just trying to make people's life a lot easier. Um, I even heard about a restaurant group that would um, cook your pizza in a van on the way to your house. This was like out in Silicon Valley or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you could have it like just completely fresh. They would actually assemble it and cook it while it's on the route to your house.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so different industry, but similar type concept. Uh, right. You know, how do we make it as convenient as possible for somebody to have their need met, whether it's a need for a pizza or a need to get a, a health issue dealt with?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, another thing that we have here, I don't know how big this is nationwide, but we have a network of, uh, MD, I think it's called MD VIP. Um, and it's basically like you kind of pay like an annual fee. Um, yeah. and, and then your doctor has like a lot less patients than like a normal doctor and you get, you know, I think you get in a little bit earlier and they kind of take their time with you a little bit more. Have, have you seen this any with the urgent cares? I just wonder if there's an opportunity yeah.
1: I think typically what I see that called is concierge medicine. Okay. You pay a um, a monthly fee and so it's kind of an offshoot so similar concept but yeah it, exactly where you pay a monthly fee and so the physician, instead of having thousands and thousands of patients are dealing with, it's a smaller number. Right. Uh, but again, you can go in and have a phone consultation with them anytime or, or set up appointments the same day or the next day. So okay. you know, as opposed to the, uh, the urgent care niche that's usually what that is called is kind of concierge medicine and again oh, sure. somebody could go to a Google and, and Google that and there's some websites out there where you can put in your zip code and see different groups that offer that in your area
0: okay okay interesting yeah huh yeah I find that fascinating um, we, we looked into some of that a while back we haven't we haven't done it yet but the doctor that I used to see he, he started one of those or he joined one of those MDVIP groups and um, I ended up doing something else,
2: but it, it's 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 very interesting to me. Um, I, I, I do wonder: Are you using demographics to make site selections, or is it just primarily, you know, scarcity in the area or location? Yeah,
1: definitely demographics. We look at quite a bit in terms of you know how many people. There's a number of things we look at on demographics. You know how many people live in the area. And then what age the the folks are in, because uh, one thing that we've noticed, not that they will not use an urgent care, but typically seniors tend to not be as, uh, you know, as active in going to an urgent care and kind of our thoughts on that typically Are, you know, if you've got a medical history where you're on a number of different medications you may be taking, you know, if you're going to an urgent care, it may be a little hard to just recite, hey, tell me all the medications that you're on. And so, you know, my dad is a perfect example of that. My dad is 90 years old. So, you know, his uh, thought, if he's dealing with anything, is to go to his primary care doctor who he's been with for years. They know his medical history. They know all the medications that he's on. So, again, my dad, any type of an issue, he's going to tend to go to his primary care uh, doctor. So, you know, one thing we look at in the demographics, you know, it's great if there's 20,000 people living in the area. That would check one box. But if, you know, 95% of them are over 70 years old. Again, it may not be an ideal fit for an urgent care clinic in that setting. So even though you meet the quantity of people, right. again, with the age group in the area, you know, you may want to be a little bit hesitant before you open an urgent care in that, you know, kind of a, a retirement community.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because someone older, they're going to have a lot more probably complicated issues. They're going to be maybe on a lot more medicine. Right. And, and it's not going to be something that, that can be fixed quickly. You know, much Ex- of yeah,
1: Exactly. That may be yeah. where having a good relationship with a primary care doctor is, is still your best bet there. Right. You yeah. know, urgent cares tend to be the, uh, the kind of pure play urgent cares. They're really more dealing with episodic care. Hey, yeah. I think I'm dealing with pink eye. Hey, I just fractured an ankle and I need an x ray, you know, versus something like, you know, traditionally like either diabetes or other conditions where you want that long term relationship with the provider to kind of help you with that issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, do some urgent cares, I guess, I guess some urgent cares probably have more equipment and more testing and, and, and more just, uh, what, what is the, what am I looking for? I, I guess some of them have more facilities to, to do testing than others, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And you're exactly
1: right. One of the things we do with our urgent care database is it's not just, hey, this is an urgent care, but we break them down into different categories. And so in our world to be a traditional urgent care, it means you're open at least 3000 annual hours plus you offer on-site x-ray services. Okay. Uh, if you're either not open that amount of hours or you don't offer the on-site x-ray, then you get classified as a limited urgent care.
0: Okay. Yeah. If
1: your urgent care specializes in pediatric patients, and there's a number of these, you get classified as a pediatric urgent care. Okay. Uh, if you specialize in orthopedic injuries, and again, there's a number of these, You get classified as an orthopedic in uh, urgent care okay like you mentioned uh you know urgent care is kind of the big heading and then there's a number of different sub uh, categories you may go into based on if you have any specialty services Uh, some urgent cares do a lot more work with uh, occupational medicine as well where they're dealing with businesses in the area so just like you mentioned those may be a little bit larger facilities where they have done a lot of marketing to the local businesses, they'll do drug testings and other things. Or if there's a, a workman's comp injury, you know, they're set up to really deal with that and help that uh, you know, be handled efficiently. So okay. there, there definitely can be a lot of specialty niches under the umbrella of urgent care
0: interesting and 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 are they are the urgent cares are they doing much of their own blood testing or do they usually send that out if they need to
1: exactly it depends on, on it, the size of the facility whether they have brought that you know in house or if they have an agreement with a local uh, testing group to uh, to get that to the testing group to have done so the gotcha. you know, okay. urgent care chain is is kind of independent so you know each one kind of makes their own decisions on on what they do
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: But uh, another thing that a lot of urgent cares may like to be located close by to is a pharmacy so that you can go to the urgent care, get your, uh, your script written up and then go to a pharmacy. And it's interesting with technology, uh, some urgent cares are starting to have a little kiosk inside the urgent care where the most common medications, you actually get it dispensed from a vending machine. Oh, wow. where it, it has a lot of the common. So uh, again, you go into the urgent care, you get it written up, you go right over to the vending machine, you punch in B15, you know, put a credit card in or whatever on the payment side and boom, right. you've got your medication dispensed right there.
0: Yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so um, technology is amazing on some of the things that they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But again, the whole thing, it gets back to convenience. You want the person to be able to, to get treated as uh, with as little effort as possible and get the medication that they need.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, I, I'm sure there's all kinds of privacy problems with something like this, but it, do they ever get into any kind of marketing where, let's say that I go in for a broken arm and, and I, I fill out some information, and they go ahead and you know, they look at my arm, whatever, and then they see that maybe I'm um, a likely candidate to have early diabetes or something like that, and then maybe they would send me an email and say, you, know, you should come back in two weeks and get checked out you know, for this, or, or maybe more kind of preventative type care or something like that. Do you see them doing anything like that, or, or is it usually just kind of you go in, you get fixed, and then you're, and then you're gone? Yeah, there's actually
1: um, groups that we work with that help urgent cares with their marketing, okay. and so it, exactly that depending on the household situation, uh, you know they'll set them up on a, a you know various marketing programs so that you know everything abides by the law. But they're trying to do reminders and things to help people with issues that may be coming up for them. So exactly. And there, there are groups out there that specialize in helping urgent cares and other medical practices with marketing where, you know, it's almost like the legal profession where there are legal do's and don'ts on what you can and cannot do. And then there's also best practices on, you know, maybe there are things that legally you can do. Right. A little bit of enlighten me, enlightenment, it's not in your best interest to do, so yeah, you know, yeah. doing everything legally, but also doing things according to, you know, kind of best practices so that, yeah. you know, you 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 uh, you know, definitely don't want to uh, bombard somebody with so many marketing solicitations that they're getting turned off by your practice.
0: Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um. From, from a marketing perspective, we're always we're always have our marketing hats on. We're always thinking about that. That's, that's interesting. Um,
1: one of the things that we are National UC Realty is is a we're one of the sponsors of the Urgent Care Association of America, which is kind of the umbrella trade group, and we've been going to the Urgent Care Association uh, major national uh, trade show for 10 years and so we have a lot of connections with other uh, vendors other groups that work with urgent cares so again uh, you know if somebody reaches out to us and you know they need help with a, a certain uh, thing if it's not in our wheelhouse that we do again chances are we've got a connection with somebody that specializes in that niche for yeah. the urgent yeah. and so we've been uh, specializing in urgent care's going back to 2007 so you know close okay. to uh, you know 13 years now so hopefully in that time if you know if you're really plugged into the industry you build up a lot of relationships with groups that are in that industry
0: yeah absolutely very interesting about this there's there's I think there's so much with urgent care that you know the average person kind of rides by and you see a couple in your town but you don't quite realize all that goes into having like a good site and that, that makes for like a good practice. Um, and, you know, all those urgent cares, I mean, they, they have to do a certain amount of marketing and, and you know, to make people realize that they're there. Um, so, yeah, this, this has been very interesting. De- definitely appreciate your uh, time today, Dean.
1: Absolutely. Let me do a, a quick plug on just how much we enjoy using the, uh, the planned grocery platform. And because, again, one of the things we're trying to keep our finger on is where's the retail density and placement. So, you know, if we pick up via your service that, hey, Publix is thinking about opening up a new grocery store in a certain community, it kind of opens up our eyes that, hey, this may be a community we want to look at. Are there any urgent cares there? Because if not now, perhaps in the near future, it's uh, going to be a spot where an urgent care should go. And so just, you know, we find your platform invaluable for the types of uh, projects we're working on.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. And uh, and, and hopefully we'll be showing some new um, new things in the platform here soon. So, so we'll, we'll definitely um, let you know when those things are ready.
1: Well, awesome. And again, if anybody you know does want to have more information about our company, what we do, again, feel uh, free to drop by our website is nationalucr.com. Okay. And there's uh, a lot of background information on what we do. And again, we'd uh, love to be of assistance. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Great. Sounds good. Well, uh, thanks so much. And, and definitely hope, hope you and, and your family and coworkers stay safe through all this craziness that we're going through. And, and um, hopefully things will start looking here better in a couple of days or weeks here.
1: It sounds great. Uh, same. Uh, hopefully uh, everybody stays healthy on the planned grocery side of things as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you again for listening to today's podcast. To email us your thoughts on today's conversation or suggestions for future podcasts, email us at pgrinfo at plannedgrocery.com.